welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. Um, You know, there's a lot of times in our lives, or especially if you're an entrepreneur, where you don't know where to go. You don't know how to proceed forward. A lot of entrepreneurs just push forward no matter what. But again, this is enhanced living. This is about figuring out how to live enhanced. And today I'm bringing to the show, uh, he is the host of Business Minds Coffee Chat. He's the owner of J. Scott Consulting Services. He's a coach, consultant, lover of business for as long as he can remember. He's a speaker, a dad, a husband. He's a musician, plays the drums, in fact. He's a part-time trivia host. He's a mentor. He's also become a very quick friend. Jay Sher is on the show today. Thank you so much for being here, Jay. Oh, Adam, thank you very much. I'm grateful for you, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's awesome. I, 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 first of all, for anyone listening right now, how amazing is Jay's voice? Oh. I, <laughs> you, <laughs> You're too kind. You have the, the podcast, uh, you know, voice that people would kill for. <laughs> it's well, just thank that. You. <laughs> well, as I like to say, when I, when I hear a kind word like that is that I, I was blessed with this voice and it's a good thing because I definitely have a face for radio. <laughs> No, I think you're way too hard on yourself on that. Not even close. (laughs) So for anyone watching this while it's up on YouTube, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. So we actually met through a mutual friend, through a mastermind, and we got on a call and we spoke for about an hour. And it was it was just the most amazing conversation. And we ended up, you know, chatting way longer than either of us intended, I think. I want to kind of get a, a bit of a background for my listeners right now, Jay. Can you tell everyone about, well, how you got into consulting in the first place and and a bit about why you're such a lover of business? Sure, I'd be happy to. But first, before I do that, I do want to mention that when we had that conversation, there was a connection there that I felt that was that was quite powerful. And the great thing about that is we were introduced right through a, a, a mutual connection of ours. And that is sometimes the best way to connect with others because just really great people have a tendency to be surrounded by other great people, right? Like-minded people. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and I'm looking forward to this one as well. So let me get back to your, <laughs> your question. So yes, I truly have loved all things business since I was a little kid I grew up in Virginia, and just to give you a thumbnail sketch, my father was in real estate, and we used to drive around looking at 
various homes. We would drive around the business areas of Virginia. And I used to imagine, and this was, I was probably five, six years old at the time. I would look at these buildings and I, I could vividly remember imagining what was happening in these offices. I could almost see myself sitting behind a desk and, you know, having these, these business meetings and, and really trying to grasp what was going on how business was conducted. And the older I got, the more inquisitive I became there. And ultimately, where I was spending my time was trying to assess why certain companies were successful when other companies were not. And that was a quest that I had that just consumed me. And it really became part of my vernacular. It was part of my everyday conversations. I was studying businesses. I was having conversations with business owners. And so I went through the uh, the typical working fast food as a, as a young person and then finally landed a my first corporate position. And that was, that's a whole nother story. But in order to land that job, I had to exercise a fair amount of tenacity. And I realized that within myself, I had the ability to go after something that I wanted badly enough. And I was relentless about it. And I didn't really realize that I had that within me until I got to that point. And that set me up for later successes because I realized that if I was goal oriented, I knew what I wanted. I had a specific vision. There were steps that I could take to make sure that I was moving in the right direction to achieve that. So going back to entering the corporate world, I absolutely loved it. My first position was with a a company that was very conservative. So I'm wearing a suit and tie every day. And that was really my first exposure to that. And I thrived in that environment. And one of the most important moments that came out of that particular time was that company exposed me to the personal development field. They asked me to go to a Dale Carnegie course, had never heard of Dale Carnegie, and they sent a lot of their junior executives through the Dale Carnegie program. And it was it was a program around human relations and human development. And that opened up my eyes. And that really started a lifelong passion for personal development, self-growth, always pushing the boundaries and looking at, at ways to show up and be able to deliver my best self. And to, to the title of your show, be able to live through just being my best in an enhanced living. And so it was an exciting time. And through a series of relationships, I moved from that corporation to another one and then ultimately to another one. And something interesting happened along that way. My ego showed up. <laughs> and this was somewhat of a surprise for me. And it wasn't until I had some very difficult conversations with others who were fortunately caring and loving enough to look at me right in the eye and say, look, this is what we're seeing. This is not who you are, but this is how you're showing up. And so I had to spend years just 
through self-discovery and just getting out of my own way to be able to deliver my absolute best and lead the way that I knew that I could lead. So many years later, I spent 30, 32 years in corporate America, ultimately left that because I realized that it was time to start my own entrepreneurial journey and work for myself. And there is no better investment than to invest in yourself. And I had a strong enough belief in my abilities. And so that's what I decided to do. And now I get the opportunity and I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to serve others and help other businesses extract their greatness and become the best businesses that they can possibly become. That's amazing. I love that story. There's actually so much to unpack there. I was taking little notes as we were going or as you were going. And it's really fascinating because I find that a lot of entrepreneurs or people who go out into business for themselves, they they kind of, they, they have this moment of realization where they're looking at what they're doing. They're putting in all this effort and they're going, well, I can either put in all this effort to make someone else's dream come true, or I can take the same amount of effort and make my own dreams come true. And I know that that happened for me as well when I went out on my own, because I was, I was actually running my own interactive entertainment company, but that was after years and years and years of working for other companies. And I had a very, very wise friend of mine slash mentor slash person that I would actually work events for say to me, Hey, you're, you're an idiot. And I was like, wait, what, why, what did I, <laughs> because you're, you should be doing this for yourself. You're already doing all this stuff. Why are you just not making the money for yourself? And it was just this light bulb that went off and I, I went and, and, and did my own thing. And it was, it was, it was amazingly successful until COVID hit, of course. But regardless of that, I, I wanted to unpack a couple of things because you said when you were five or six years old, you had this vivid imagination of what was going on in these offices and, and how the businesses were being run. Why do you think you were fascinated with business at that age? Most, most people at five or six years old, if you're a boy, you're thinking of whatever action figures or sports or whatever, uh, or whatever toys you can possibly get from mom and dad, but you mm-hmm. were, you were fascinated by the inner workings of businesses. Why do you, why do you suppose that is? I would probably tie it back to the conversations that were happening in the household around the mm. dinner table. So because my father was in real estate, he was constantly talking about what was selling, what wasn't selling things that were moving. And so those were some of the conversations that we had around the table and that was probably one of the early influences, plus my mother's father, who came to this country from Eastern Europe, came here basically penniless, and I would hear the stories, although I only met him very briefly. I was a very small child when he passed, but the stories that were told about him were all about how he went down his entrepreneurial journey. So it was it was part of the conversations that we had and there was just something that latched on to me and I couldn't seem to get enough of it. Now, I didn't know how to really share the story or put the right words to it at that point, but the imagination side of it was clearly there and the inquisitiveness was there. So I I tell you, it's one of those situations where I would love to be able to go back if we had had a camcorder, you know, where I could actually hear the conversations that were had and and how I was, how I was explaining my thoughts. I would love to be able to go back and hear that. But that inquisitiveness just never left me, right? It just continued to inspire me. It continued to light me up. And 
you know, as I went along, of course, my questions became deeper, they became much better. And I was able to formulate the the ideas that I was trying to get across so I could make sure that I was acquiring the information that was most important to support the information I was after. That's so cool. I mean, it's it's that whole nature versus nurture debate, right? So it's it's almost like it was both in your blood, but also in your environment. So it was almost inevitable that you would have to go down that road. And and I, I think it's I think it's just so so awesome that I believe personally that the most successful people are inquisitive always. They never lose that desire to learn more. And it seems as though that grew in you from the time you were young until until now. Absolutely. And, you know, so I, I think that that inquisitive nature is so, so important. I think both in, in the entrepreneurial world, world but in, in all the world, you, you have to want to know about your environment. Otherwise, if you're not learning, you're devolving, right? That's exactly right. And we don't know what we don't know. So the more questions we can ask, the better we can form the story and the picture of what interests us. And one of the things that, that I love is to be surrounded by others who help me, they actually challenge my beliefs. So they're asking better questions to help me. It's almost like the Socratic method, right? Where we just keep asking why. Why do you feel that way? Why do you believe that? You know, why is that of interest to you? Why is that important, right? You just keep peeling back those layers because that helps us be able to not only challenge who we are, but it helps us grow. So if we're only surrounded by those who believe exactly what we believe or don't question their own internal beliefs, and you're surrounded by yes people, how can you truly grow? If you're on a journey of personal growth, if you want to be able to enhance your living and become a much better person, then you have to challenge yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is through questioning and through having dialogue like this. I couldn't agree more. It's so funny that when you were saying why, 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 I was like, wow, that's what kids ask all the time. Well, why can't I do this? Well, because this is the deal. But why? But why? But why? If you really want to evolve, get around some kids real quick and 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 literally just answer every question that they have and you will figure some things out that you weren't thinking of before. So, and again, I mean, obviously in the appropriate way, like if you have a niece or a nephew, you spend some time with them, let them ask you the questions because it's, it's really fascinating. And I think personally, like if we don't lose that childish inquisitive nature about our world and ourselves. That's how we grow. You had mentioned that you were also obsessed with the reasons why certain companies succeed and certain companies fail or Mm -hmm. certain ventures succeed and certain ventures fail. And I would venture the guess that basically with the company perspective and a personal perspective, it's very, very similar. What did you notice was the common thread between the successes and the failures? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, it took I, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this, that it wasn't an overnight situation where all of a sudden it, it came to me, right? This was just spending an inordinate amount of time researching and studying. But what I found was there were some common threads amongst those that were most successful, which told me that the opposite of that, the other side of that coin, were those that weren't following these particular systems or a formula, right? So one of the main pieces, and this is something that I work on every day with clients, is mindset. 
So you in you and I in our businesses, we can have the greatest systems and processes and follow up and our ability to sell all those wonderful things that that are important, right? But if we don't have if we're not if we don't have a champion's mindset, if we don't have that strong enough belief that's going to carry us forward, then at some point we're going to hit a wall. And when we hit that wall, the chances of us being able to break through that are going to reduce significantly. So mindset is a key component, right? And that's something that we forge over time. And that's a combination of reading the right kinds of books, right? Doing self-actualization, right? Visualization, making sure that we're having powerful conversations, that we are studying successful individuals so we can get into their mindset to think about how they're thinking, right? How they're empowering themselves, having the right morning routines, the right rituals. So that's, that's a big piece of it. The next thing that I found was around purpose, having a strong enough purpose or a strong enough why. So I'm sure you're familiar with Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek made the understanding your why such a a powerful part of today's vernacular. And I think it's critically important, but it's been around for a long time. But if we don't have a strong enough purpose, then again, at some point, we're, we're going to get to a juncture where we're like, eh, gosh, why should I get out of bed every morning? Right? <laughs> why am I doing this? Right? When we start running into the challenges that we face both in life and in business, we have to have something that's going to continue to push us forward. So that purpose is that thing that is so strong that I can't wait to get out of bed every day because I love what I'm doing and it gives me the opportunity to serve others. So that's the purpose piece of it. The next piece that I found was around habits and behaviors. So having the right habits that set us up for success. There are so many times, Adam, that you know we have habits and behaviors that detract from our ability to show up for greatness. And one of the most difficult things is being able to recognize that, right? That's why having self-awareness and, and being able to look at things through the right optics and having others around us that can help us identify our blind spots, because we don't see them ourselves. <laughs> but when we can identify them and we can work to replace the negative habits with the habits and behaviors that are going to support us, that are going to, that are going to empower us, incredible things can happen. So that's another component of it. The next piece was just having the right goals and not only having the goals, but knowing how to execute on those goals. So goals are, are critically important. We hear about them all the time. It, it seems like, especially on social media, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't see 10 to 20 posts about the importance of goals and goal setting. And everyone's got their own way of setting goals. But here's the thing, writing them down is powerful mm-hmm. and getting crystal clear on what your goals are. And, and not only that, but working backwards to understand, okay, if, if, if I'm here today and I want to get here, so this is my goal, right? That gap, 
how am I going to actually get there? What are the steps I need to take? What are the metrics that I'm going to use to say to myself, yes, you're actually moving in the right direction or, uh-oh, right? We're not actually making progress. So the goals are another important aspect of it. And then really the last piece to this, and there's, Adam, there's, there's more to this, but the last piece that I found was taking action. You can do all the other steps, but if you don't take action, nothing ever happens. So it was kind of going back to the conversation we were having a few minutes ago around growth and challenging yourself, challenging your own beliefs, right? Having deeper conversations. If you're not willing to take action, somebody else will. But if you're not willing to, you are not allowing yourself to show your greatness or your service or product to the rest of the world. So take action. I, I love that. I, I'm and just for my listeners right now, I'm, I'm going to sum this up. So it starts with mindset, having the right mindset, finding your purpose as to why you're doing what you're doing, and then creating and cultivating the right habits and behaviors in order to, again, put into what it is that you're trying to achieve, which of course leads to the next step, which is having the right goals or knowing what your goals are, because it's almost as if like, you, you know, going on a journey without putting in the, the destination into your GPS, you're going to get lost if you don't have the right goals. And then of course, the knowledge to execute those goals followed by taking right action. I would call that almost like the, the your template for, for success. That's, that's how I would label that. And it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, when you were talking about taking action, I'm a very big proponent of the law of attraction and it's not even, you don't even have to be a proponent of it. I, you know, it's been, it's been settled, you know, science has settled it. Everything is energy, right? And energy attracts of like kind. So you can manifest anything you want, but there's a bunch of people out there. I know that I don't know them personally. I'm just saying, I know that there are people who are like, well, I can sit in my bedroom and I can manifest whatever I want, but I don't have to do anything. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point. You can manifest anything you want, but you will eventually get an inspired thought to take an action. And if you don't take that action, you are not going to manifest what it is that you want. Nobody's just going to show up in your bedroom and be like, here's a million dollars. No, you're going to have an idea that's going to say, oh, I should do this. Go and do that now. Act on it immediately. That's a great way of stating it. And that I would say to you is probably the most important step of of the law of attraction that just to echo what you were saying that I, I, many people tend to either forget about or aren't willing to take that next step. Now, the, the manifestation piece of it, that is critically important, right? We have to be able to visualize it. We have to be able to see what we want, but all of a sudden, the, the chemical reaction that happens within our body and in our brain, right? wants to move us in that direction, but we have to pay attention to that. We have to listen to it. And then we have to actually take the actions to get us there. And, and the reason I mentioned, if I go back for just one second around the goal setting and the importance of writing it down, if you just think about it, then it's an idea. When you write it down, something magical starts to happen you've probably heard of the reticular activating system. So for, for those that may not be familiar with it, so the reticular activating system is a component within our brain that when we start to think about something in particular, our brain will 
provide us the information that we need. And that becomes basically the filtering system. Okay. So you've experienced this before, I'm sure. And the classic example is, let's say if we start to think about a particular car, maybe it's time to replace a a car that you own. And in my case, let's say my wife says, oh, you know what? I would really love to to look at a, a blue Volkswagen Beetle. All of a sudden, magically, we start to see blue Volkswagen Beetles everywhere. Yeah. Well, they were always there, right? But we didn't recognize them because we weren't filtering information down to that very specific level. So it's the same thing with goal setting. We want to write them down. We want to start to visualize what it's going to take to achieve those goals. And then it's amazing that the resources and assets that we need and the people that we need to help us to achieve those goals start to show up. It's like when you start to think about a a friend or family member and you get that phone call two days later and you say, I I can't believe it. I was just thinking about you, right? It's that sort of thing that starts to happen. And, and it's amazing. And, and it's, it's a universal law, which is outstanding. And it actually works. It's so true. And it, it really does. I mean, for anyone who's out there, I mean, I mean, chances are, if you're feeling this way, you're, you're definitely not listening to my show. But for anyone out there thinking that the law of attraction and, and, and manifestation is a whole bunch of hooey mumbo jumbo, which like I said, that's not my listeners, but it's it, it's working whether you believe in it or not. It's 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 really one of those things. It's just it's it's not a idea of attraction. It's a law of attraction. It happens whether you believe in it or not. You mentioned a couple of things earlier about tenacity, and actually, that's tenacity is one of the core tenets of a TED talk that I have. And tenacity is literally the ability to go after something without giving up. It's it's what you said when you hit that wall, because everyone hits the wall when starting to create something, when trying to manifest something, when trying to whatever it is. If you're building a business, if you're if you're trying to, it doesn't doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you're gonna hit a wall at some point, mm-hmm. and that's the tenacity comes through in in people who are going no my goal is beyond that wall i have to get through this wall my goal is so important my why is so important and that's that's what drives tenacity in my opinion what do you what do you think yeah no i completely agree with you it's it it's an interesting thing that happens when you realize how strongly you want something how strongly you desire something And when you're able to match that desire with the motivation and there's enough either pain or pleasure associated with achieving whatever that happens to be, and we may have spoken about this before, but when it comes to pain and pleasure, right, those are the two primary motivators. Well, we are certainly more motivated by pain than we are pleasure. So if you're in enough pain Whatever that happens to be, maybe you don't have enough finances, maybe you don't have enough skill sets and you want to acquire the additional skills, whatever it is, when that pain is there, you are willing to do almost whatever it takes to get there. And there's that that drive and that passion and that fire that, that happens within you that you just cannot quell. I find that when my purpose or my why is strong enough. I'm highly motivated. I'm in some sort of of pain in regards to that, that I am willing to just go after it. And I am hyper-focused on solutions and creating success. So now 
let me give you the flip side of that coin for a moment, because there are times where we can go into tenacity overdrive Mm. and we are so focused on going after something and so myopically focused on going after something that we're not aware of what's happening on in our peripheral and what can happen is we may start to miss some important data points along the way that we should be paying attention to things that may be telling us maybe red flags that is this a good use of your time is this really an area where you should be spending or or focusing all of your energy and your efforts and so sometimes being able to pull the lens back a bit and getting greater perspective. And I think that's where having mentors and coaches and and others in your community around you, trusted advisors, right, that can take a look at your actions and where you're spending your time and maybe do a pattern interrupt and say, hey, Adam, just stop for one second, right? Let's take a step back. Let's take a deep breath and let's think about this here for a moment and make sure that the actions that you're taking, the focus and energy that you're putting into this area, are those going to help you accomplish and support the goals that you're after? That's, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. And I know that's, that's part of what you do, obviously, right? But I, I'm looking at that as well, going from a different perspective of sometimes we get so zeroed in on a specific goal. And sometimes the goals change. Sometimes we, we pivot or we are reluctant to pivot because we've been so focused or hyper-focused on a specific goal. And you're, you're moving and moving and moving in that direction. And you're not there yet, but you're still making progress. And then you realize, wait a second, I don't even want this anymore. So how do you help people with realizing that? I mean, I, I think part of it is, again, like you just said, is like, hey, whoa, whoa, zoom out for a second. Is this, is this still what you're looking to do? Are you still, because if you are, there's a few things you need to take a look at. How do you deal with that when you're, when you're consulting with people or businesses? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I, I'll boil it down to perspective. So it truly is pulling that lens back enough and understanding what that particular individual's goals are, right? What are they motivated by? What's their end game look like? What are they truly trying to achieve? How does that align with their core values? How does that align with their mission, with their vision? And does it actually support each of those areas? Does it support their own growth? Does it support the growth of the community that they're surrounded by? Does it keep them connected to goodness? I mean, all of those things are important. So when you get clarity around that first, then we can start to look at the path that they're on to say that this particular road that you're on, it does support each of those areas, or maybe it only checks two or three of those areas, but it doesn't support the ones that are most important to you. So in that case, let's take a look at maybe adapting, right? Let's take a look at pivoting perhaps, or if you feel that you still need to push through on this, then maybe we put the amount of effort that's needed to get there, right? But we're also looking at other areas that are going to support the other pieces of your your mission, your vision, your values, et cetera. 
Yeah, I think that's, I think it's so important. You said adapt and it, it instantly snapped me into what we teach our son at home, which is adapt, adjust, accommodate, right? You you have to, you know, things are going to happen in life, right? You've got to adapt, you've got to adjust, and you've got to accommodate and then move forward. And sometimes moving forward looks like a straight line, but more often than not, it's, and we're going this way, and we're going that way, and we're going around, and then we're going up and down. It's it's like that meme that everyone's seen with the success where what they think it looks like, what it actually looks like, you know, you go on this whole crazy journey. And I've learned, at least for me, and I know that this has to be true for so many other people, but life is about the journey. It's not about the destination because as soon as you achieve that goal, there's instantly another goal to achieve. Exactly. Always, right? Always. So, so you have to be able to find yourself on the journey. You have to be able to enjoy the actual journey. It's like if you're taking a drive from LA to the Bay Area, right? Or wherever you're going, don't just put your head down and go. There's things along the way to see. And I know that that may not be practical in some in some respects because you want to get there in the five or six hours it takes to drive there. But there's beautiful destinations along the way that if you just take the time to go, hey, you know what? So what if this takes all day? Let's go have some fun. You're going to enrich your life that way. Oh, you are you are so right. And as you were saying that, you know, I had this visual because I was that person and I'm going to go back to the car, right? That when we would decide to take a trip and we're going to go from point A to point B, I was so focused on getting there versus enjoying the experience, right? I could barely even enjoy the fact that here I have four, five, six hours of quiet windshield time with either my wife, with a client, whoever it happened to be in the car with me or by myself. And I couldn't enjoy the experience because all I could think about was I need to be there in three hours or four hours and I have 350 miles left to go and I only have half a tank of gas. And right, I'm, I'm thinking about the stuff that is involved in actually getting there versus enjoying the experience and truly living. And it wasn't until I was able to really step back from that and I'm by no means perfect, right? I mean, it's a it's a work in progress always. But you may have heard this, but many times we have to slow down to go fast. Mm-hmm. And slowing down means pulling back a bit, right? Taking a breath. Look at look at what you're doing. Fully experience it. Be present in that moment, and don't take anything for granted. I mean, we're, we're blessed to be able to have these kinds of conversations, right? It's, it, it, it's amazing. So I, now I am much more appreciative of what I have. I'm much more appreciative of those daily experiences. That's and what so, makes up, that's the juice of life. It's so true. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, again, I mean, this is, this is straight out of Eckhart Tolle, where, where if, you're, if you're denying the present moment, you're causing pain. The pain is in denying of what is, right? And so again, back to the analogy of the of the journey in the car. When you're sitting there thinking about how much gas you have or what time you have to get to where you need to go or all these different things that are literally not in your present moment, right? You're pushing away what is. You're losing the beauty of the moment. And this can be applied to literally every single thing in life. Look, we're all going to get there, right? The final destination for each and every one of us is six feet under, right? So so, so in the meantime, in the meantime, while we're here, while we have the moment that we have, which by the way, 
the past is something that we don't experience. We don't experience the future. You only experience the present. That's the only way you do it. I've said this before on the show, but when you think of a memory, when you remember an incident in your past, you're not actually remembering the incident as it was. You're remembering your first memory of the incident as it was, which is true, which is faulty in and of itself, because we don't even see things as they are to begin with. And then when you look at a future, a future moment in time, sure, there are certain things that are, I'm using air quotes, inevitable, right? But at at the end of the day, none of it is certain, none of it is set. And so it's only a possibility or a probability or or maybe even an eventuality. But at the end of the day, the only true thing we have is this very moment. So if you can open up your open, open up your existence to accept that, that present moment, you're going to be so much more happy. So much more happy, so much happier. There <laughs> you, know? you go. But at the, you, at, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, beautifully said. And what I love about that is it reminds us that we we can't change what happened in the past, right? But what we can do is we can change the storyline because we all tell ourselves this particular story of who I am, what I am, whether I'm bad or good or not good at this, you know, based on experience that we think we had in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Because nothing is either good nor bad, right? It is the label that we give to it. So what's amazing about what you said is when you think about those past events, we can actually change the storyline around that, that we're telling ourselves, which are going to impact and change our state in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Right this very moment. That is very powerful. So I I, I love the way that you articulated that. So thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I look at it like this when I work with people, a lot of the things or a lot of the time, what I'll have them do is it's always, Hey, you got to meditate at least five minutes in the morning, at least five minutes at night, at night, before you go to bed journal, I want you to write down everything that happened during the day. Right. And then as it was, you write it down, but then I want you to write down right next to it as you wish it would have been. And then meditate on how you wanted it to go and Mm. imagine it having gone that way because what that does is it slowly rewires your brain to see things from a more advantageous perspective right because the truth of the matter is is that there are so many thoughts that we have from childhood from the way we were raised how we were brought up the thing i mean just like you said earlier you know sitting around the table listening to your dad talk about real estate contracts right so that that seeps into your mind and there are things that were said that became beliefs for you because it happened before you were eight years old that you may not ever look at. Now, someone like you, I'm sure you do, but most of most people go through life with these with these overlying beliefs of of who they are without mm-hmm. ever actually questioning, hey, wait a minute, is this even true? Because half the time it's not. Absolutely. Well, again, that is one of the most powerful aspects of meditation. And one of the things that I learned about through my meditation practice was the ability to pay attention to my thoughts. Now, I can't stop the thoughts, but what I can do is I can get greater perspective. I can step back, right? It's an ongoing practice. And for anyone that, that meditates, there is no perfection here, right? <laughs> Just like there's no perfection in life itself, right? It's, it's what is and it's accepting what is and not trying to chase something that's not. So on the meditation side, 
the, the more I practice, the more I'm able to actually pay attention when those negative thoughts come up, those thoughts that aren't supporting my goals, that aren't supporting who I want to be. So it allows me to have that conversation that you just brought up. Like, really? You know, come on, Jay. Is that really you? Is that how you act? Come on. Right. So, and that's an important conversation to have because when you're able to recognize it, you are able to actually turn down the volume on that negativity. And if you are not able to do that, and I would highly recommend, and I'm sure your audience is already meditating, which is fantastic. But if you're not doing it today, start the practice because it is truly incredible how it can impact your life and how it has a ripple effect in every other area of how you show up. It's, 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 it's amazing. And I am so thankful that practice came into my life and it is part of my daily routine. I think that's, first of all, that's so well said and it's so true. And you touched on just how you show up and you were talking about how early on you had this I don't like to use this term, but this come to Jesus moment where you were being told that, hey, your ego's where where you're at. And I know this isn't who you are, but this is how you're showing up. And so just tying that back into what you were talking about earlier, right? Meditation helps you figure out how you're showing up and it helps you adjust how you're showing up and it helps you mitigate that ego because we all have that ego, that desire to do certain things. And, and there's that inflating sense of self, which is, is essentially what keeps us here in this, in this plane of existence, right? But at the end of the day, it's that meditation. It's that practice of becoming still and just, and, and distilling the thoughts down to, okay, what's real? What's not? What's just floating through my consciousness? through the collective unconscious that permeates everything, right? What's mine? What's not? What's Mm -hmm. real? What's not? And I just think that's so, so powerful that meditation for you has been that catalyst to help you basically distill down the ego and figure out how to show up as best as you possibly can. Yeah, it's been tremendous. I'll also, just to touch on the ego for a moment, so another, it it really bolts onto the ego component, but what I found and, and again, I wasn't self-aware enough at the time, but I was, you know, I was wearing basically an armor, right? Because I was showing up the way that I thought that other people expected me to show up. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, you know, when, if you're doing certain actions, right, and you're rewarded for those actions, the thought is, well, I must be doing something right. So I want to do more of that, right? Because it's given me that dopamine hit and I just, I want more and more of it. And I found that, you know, I was wearing these different masks, but I really, it really, part of me was there. I mean, there's no question about me or or about that, but who I am at my core, I was putting more and more layers on top to protect myself. And I, it, it got to a point where I was just very, uncomfortable, yet I was still succeeding. And that was the dichotomy that I was dealing with was, you know, here you're receiving, you know, the accolades and, and, you know, you know, more and more money and position and all of these, these things that people are chasing. Mm-hmm. But I was moving further and further away from my truth, right? <laughs> who, who I actually am. And that's a very uncomfortable position. And, and you actually feel it, right? I mean, I, I, I could tell that I was out of sync, but it does tie back to the ego 
And when you have that moment, you know, you mentioned a come to Jesus moment, but you call it whatever you want. But when you are slapped in the face and all of a sudden it stops you in your tracks and you realize that this is not supportive of who I am and I need to get back to center. It's really a powerful thing to be able to go, okay, I, I'm going to take that feedback and go, let me, let me find myself again. A lot of people will not do that for fear of losing the status that they've already attained. And it's, it's, I think that that's more of a identification with the ego as opposed to allowing yourself to be more yourself, right? It's really powerful to be able to go, you know what? This, this isn't me. It's not who I'm supposed to be. It's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So hats off to you for being able to do that because everyone is able to, not everyone is willing to. Most people have built something that they just don't want to let go of. I was very fortunate to have the help of others because had it been left to just me, I'm not sure that I would have gone down the path that I needed to go to get back to center, right? And get back to who I truly am at my core, at my core and, and at my heart. So it, it's an interesting process. But, you know, you, you brought something else up that, that that's such an important aspect as well. And that is that many times we, we all identify ourselves by what we do, not by who we are. So if I'm a a plumber or an architect or the CEO of a company, right? We attach meaning to that and that's how we identify ourselves. Well, what happens the moment that that changes, right? That either you're no longer the CEO or you're no longer the architect, right? If you've attached your self-worth to the title or to the job, and the job changes or the title changes, now you have an issue, right? All of so a sudden, true. your your self-esteem and your, your self-worth, all of that starts to, starts to plummet. So we have to learn that we are not our position. We're not our job. We're not our title. We're who we are. Mm-hmm. Embrace that. Right. Champion around that. Grow that. Invest in that. That's powerful. Oh, my my goodness. So powerful. And nothing like a global pandemic to really emphasize that point, because to your point, so many people are now no longer those titles that they have. If you look at just the statistics in the United States, I mean, so many jobs have been lost. And so for the people who have identified as whatever their job was, they're now finding themselves in a position of like, whoa, wait, what do, not only what do I do, but who am I right now? And so in, in at first blush, you look at this and go, wow, that's horrible. But really, if you delve more deeply, it's a gift. It's a gift for people to be able to, obviously not the deaths, not the, obviously I'm not saying any of that is a gift. I'm saying that the absolute necessity to look at who you truly are at your core, that is a gift because Mm -hmm. once you figure that out, you can move forward in power. You can move forward in a new light, in a new energy, in a new goals, with new dreams, with new purpose. And there's nothing greater than than having your true purpose come through. With that being said, I want to ask you, as as I as I love to ask, and it's it's funny because again, 
so many times I'll have a guest on the show and I'll, I'll say, hey, so what would you say is the one thing you would say to help someone live enhanced, right? And if you just go back and listen to the entire episode and all the things that Jay said, you will you will take so much knowledge from today. But I want to ask you, Jay, uh, before we wrap up, what would you say is the most important personal habit for success when, when trying to live enhanced and trying to live your purpose? That's a good question. First and foremost, Adam, it is be you. Mm. Be you. And recognize that you have unique gifts and unique strengths. And you have a unique voice that deserves to be heard. And work on overcoming the fear to bring that voice and those gifts and those unique talents to the world because you have so much to offer and take action. Let nothing stop you from doing what you want to do and never be afraid to ask for help. That's Phenomenal, phenomenal advice. For anyone who'd like to actually work with Jay, I'm going to make sure that his information is in the show notes below. So go ahead and take a look. Jay, thank you so much for being on the show. Honestly, this was such a phenomenal conversation. I I, I always learn so much from, from people on the show and doubly so with you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. You have a beautiful soul and I, I love what you're doing. And thank you for showing up every day and bringing your best self. And I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>